0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. I want to talk to you for continuing our understanding of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I want to talk to you today about is The mediation side of the Holy Spirit. One of the um, definitions that we've defined the Holy Spirit um, with is he's a mediator. And you have to understand what a mediator does. And I'm going to talk more about the Holy Spirit. It's one of the characteristics of the personality of the Holy Spirit. He is our mediator. And that means this. He is the one who pleads a cause for another sake and takes responsibility for others in the area of needs and situations okay i think that'll help you okay that's the that's the level of the me- mediation right now some of you have gone to mediation before um you know somebody just comes and basically helps you um make decisions And I think you got to really ask yourself the question um, and a lot of this stuff because you're going to see this. um, He makes intercession for us. You're going to find this in Romans 8.34. I want you to look there because when you use this kind of terminology, he makes intercession for us. We need to understand what we're talking about here. He makes intercession. That's what mediation is. He intercedes on our behalf. Who does that? Christ does that. So look at Romans eight thirty four, King James, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is ever at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus makes intercession for us in heaven, and the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us in the earth. Okay? Now, did you pull that in? So I'm going to show you this. Then we're going to look at Hebrews 7.25. Just get these scriptures, write them down. This is Bible study time. Yeah, I I, I like teaching the Word of God because, um, I mean, we could go in here and we can just, but you need to know these truths because you got to understand something. So Hebrews 7.35, and then we're going to go to 1 John 2, 1 John 2, verse 1. These are all seasonal. um, They're just, Ways for you to see what he does, you know what I mean. So he is, wherefore he is able. Look at Hebrews seven twenty-five. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to Jesus, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever may liveth to make intercession for them. Did you get that? He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Whose idea was that? God. Now, this word intercession um, is kind of um, has an extension of understanding where to bring light to a thing, fall in with, to go and meet a person, especially for the purpose of conversation, consultation or supplication, that's areas of prayer. So he's basically doing this. He's taking up your cause and bringing it to God the Father. Okay? Now, that's kind of big because we don't know what to pray sometimes. And look at the first John. First John 2 and 1. Because uh, um, he, he uses a different terminology. He uses the um, terminology advocate um, where you see paracletos that same word. But I want you to look at, it. my little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the what? Propitiation or the sacrifice for us, for our sins. And what? for ours alone, but also for the sins of the world. So he, he's what? He's an advocate. An advocate goes on, uh, on, on behalf of your, 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 on your, on your side and on your behalf before another, okay? And then we talked about this. So he's helping me in my weaknesses. He's helping me in in the prayer life. But one thing I think is big for me and you to understand, the Holy Spirit wants to help us, and 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 the spiritual side of praying in tongues is him helping us in our weaknesses, him helping us in our prayers, him helping us in our direction. Now, here's a big one. He also will lead you to the truth. Okay, everywhere he takes you is taking you to the truth. Everywhere he takes you, he's taking you to ability to strengthen you. Everywhere he takes you, he's taking you to bring you to a place of of transformation beyond what you could do on your own. I think that's really important for you to understand that. Because he's empowering me in prayer. He's empowering me in life. He's empowering me everywhere I go. So the comforter is summoned or called along one side to aid. Okay, that's what he does. So he's interceding. Well, what do you mean he intercedes? Well, that means he's making intercession for me and you. What does that mean? That means not only is he sympathetic about what I'm going through, he goes on my behalf before God, just like Jesus goes before God on my behalf and basically pleads my case. Pleads my cause, man. I'll tell you what, isn't that good news? Somebody, uh, somebody is look. the Holy Spirit's looking out for you. I like that. Look at this. I, I think this is like, you know, this is kind of cool. Um, sometimes I think we get to the place where we go, Oh, well, you know, I don't, I, why do I got to plead my case? Well, because you have to. What do you mean plead your case? Well, I think what it is. You have to go before God with your cause. is that is that all right? And you only have you have to do so much. But remember this: God, like you have to basically go over there with some scripture and have scriptural proof, and then He could plead your case. But if you don't have enough evidence, you got problems. You have to have evidence of what you're believing God for. That's why we need we 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 need the Word of God. Look at this here. Um, go to Isaiah 43, um, and I'm going to show you something here. Um, let's go with 43, 25. And I'm going to show you something here I think you're going to like. Okay. Isaiah 43, 25. And I'm going to explain something to you here that you're going to see. Okay. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember thy sins. Right there, you could stop and have, 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 you know, camp out for a month and talk about that. He said, listen, I blotted out your transgressions or your sins for his sake. So he got rid of your sin for his sake. He got rid of your sin for his sake because he wants to be able to fellowship you. I will not remember your sins. Okay, good. Look at verse 40, 43, 26. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Now that's strong, man. That is a strong statement. What do you mean put me in remembrance? Why do I got to put you in remembrance? Isn't it your word? Yeah, but you got to put me in my remembrance. You got to remind God of his word, not because God forgot it, but you need to hang on to it. So you got to go in there like a courtroom with evidence and plead your case. Now I want you to understand this. What do you mean plead? You know what I mean? It's basically, it is, it's a judgment kind of thing. To rule over a case or dispute wrongdoings. So you got to go in there and plead your case, not because you're trying, what? To, To vindicate, to govern, to act as a lawgiver, to rule and govern, to discern, to vindicate. How about this? Look at this definition. This thing's good. Right? All right. To to judge or pronounce a sentence, basically to to vindicate or punish, to what passively to litigate sounds like terminology in courtroom, right? So here's what he's saying: you have the accuser of the brethren, the devil. Okay, you got God. God is sitting there. God, God. This is like how you can see it, right? God is sitting there like the judge because he judged everything. Okay. You got the devil is the, is, is the accuser of the brethren, right? He's the, he's on the other side. He's the, he's the, uh, let's just say he's the defense, right? And here you are sitting here and Jesus is your lawyer. Man, I'll tell you what. And here, here's Jesus, your lawyer. Come on, somebody, right? Jesus, your lawyer, trying to litigate on your behalf, right? So you go in there and you tell Jesus as your representation, Hey, here's what's up. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I got going on. Here's how this thing's happening. Are you seeing this? So now you're going, hey, I didn't, I, you know, and he's doing all the work with the judge. Plead your case. Show Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence of things not seen. You have to produce evidence in the earth from what it is you're believing that heaven has granted you access to not because you're trying to convince God, but really what you're doing is you're overthrowing. Now you got to understand this. You are overthrowing the, the ruler of the earth, the devil. Now I'm telling you this, right? And this is what happens. He'll withstand you, but he cannot stop you. You got to stand there with the truth and say, no, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. And he's going to try to bark and, Squall like a roaring lion and do all this nonsense. But guess what? Just because he's been given the land lease, he does not have the overall authority over you. But you got to plead your case. Now, when you plead your case with God, it's not to convince God. It's to come into agreement with what God said. And then what he can do is this. You then take the authority that Jesus gave you in his name and enforce it over the enemy in the earth. And you declare your dominion place. Pleading your case is what? Put me in remembrance of what? What I said. Why? Let thou let me plead together. Ooh, come on, somebody. Let me plead together. Let us what? Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be what? Justified. So now you know. That's big talk right there. You know? And you guys are gonna do it. So you have to understand that. This is big. Now, what is that all about? Well, that is about you pleading your case. Because God's trying to lead you to a place of victory. He empowers you in these areas. So I think that's really, really, really important. So I like to say this. The Holy Spirit is the divine advantage. So take advantage of the divine advantage of life. Do it the way he told you to do it. He is the divine advantage. So he's called alongside you to help you. He's a legal action in your life to help you. He's not only just the comforter, the counselor, the 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 paracletos. The guy called alongside of you. He's not only the one who sympathizes with you. He's not only the one who does it. He, what? He gets you to the place you gotta go. But here's the big thing. You got a great high priest. Look at Hebrews 4.14. This is another thing we talk about Jesus, but we understand in Hebrews 4.14, he's not just talking about what Jesus did, okay? He's talking about what the Holy Spirit does. Now I'm gonna explain that. This is big, Okay. Okay. So Jesus, the great high priest, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now that word profession is confession. Okay, Why do we got to hold fast our confession? Now we talked about pleading our case. Why do I got to do this? For we have not a high priest, which cannot be what? Touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But what always was point in all points was tempted like as we were, yet without sin. Let us therefore boldly come to the throne of grace that we obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So you see this? So he's saying, okay, now let's just build it backwards. Just for a minute. He says, you're going to find grace. You're going to find mercy. You're going to find help in your time of need. But you're going to have to come boldly to the throne of grace, the place of prayer. And watch this. He said, now Jesus is going to be the what? He's a high priest. He's the mediator. Okay. He's interceding, right? He cannot be felt with the infirmities. He feels what you're feeling. He understands. He sympathizes. He empathizes. But here's the key. He doesn't leave you there. He says, okay, hold fast your confession because I'm the priest over your confession. I can only get to come to pass what you speak out of your mouth. So speak positively and I can change your situation. I can transform your stuff. Speak negatively and we're bound. See this? So why do I gotta hold fast my confession? Because obviously the earth, the enemy, the circumstances, the situation, are trying to get me to say something different then when God said, and because it's trying to make me say something different than what God said, if I'm not careful, I might just give up my confession. And therefore, even though it's all part of my bent plea, remember we're pleading our case? Remember we're with the mediator? The mediator needs what? To make mediation, you got to talk, man. You can't mediate silence. Right? What happens when people go to mediation? They're arguing. Usually, Right? There's some kind of argument between two parties that they cannot come up with resolve. So you could say, I'm arguing with the devil. He's over here telling me I can I said, I can He's over here saying I'm broke. I said, I'm rich. He's over here saying I'm sick, but I said, I'm whole. He came over here and said, I'm mentally off. I said, I've got a sound mind. He said, you're afraid. I said, I ain't got no fear. I walk by faith. See, so we got to mediate. We got to have a mediator that what? Not that we don't have dominion and just enforcing the enemy, but in the heavens, in the earth, I got to take that place. Is that okay? In the earth, I got to take dominion. So in the heavens, he takes it. I don't understand what's going on in heaven. I I don't even understand. Here's the problem. Don't overcomplicate this stuff because if you try to figure out why we need to do this, you you know, it's kind of like this. You ever see something that takes a system And it's like, if you miss a system, a step, it doesn't work. Like technology, you guys know, I'm like, whatever. But you, you ever like leave out a part and then something doesn't get done and you're like, well, why didn't you do it? Well, you left out a piece. And if you don't follow the system, it doesn't work. I don't go and say, well, you know what, I want to post when I want to post and I don't really care about the algorithms and all this stuff. I want to do what I want to do. Well, it's not going to work as effective as it could if you followed the path. You cannot argue with the algorithm of how it works. You just got to work the system. It's the same thing with heaven. What do I know what's going on in heaven? Do you know what's going on in heaven? Do you know what Jesus is doing right now? He said, I make intercession. He said, plead your case. Just do what you know to do. Don't overcomplicate it. Well, why? Why do I got to do it? What do you mean, why? Just do it. Well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know a lot of things I'm doing. Do it anyway. You see what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Like, just find out what it says. Oh, he's going to plead my case. Gotcha. So I got to hold on to my confession. Okay, cool. He needs my confession. What does he need my confession for? Probably to get it to come to pass. That's what I would think. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe he looks down from heaven with God and goes, hey, what is Sarno saying to see if we can make it work in his life? I don't know. I'm not God. I don't want to be God. I can only go by what's been written. Okay. So get what I'm saying here and go, oh, okay, I haven't been watching my confession. Well, okay, maybe that's hindering your blessing. Hold fast the confession because Jesus, your high priest, can only do what you say. I'm telling you, man, it's big. He's so compassionate. Listen to this. Look at Psalms 6920. Sometimes it's hard to understand how compassionate God is. I think you got to get an understanding of the Holy Spirit's compassion. I've been, I've been really hitting this thing. Because I think we think sometimes God is hard. I don't know. I, I think it's this misconception like God's walking around with a hammer, smacking you in the head every time you mess up. Or he, he's trying to come at you. Look at 6920 in Psalms. Man, it says, I am heartsick and heartbroken by it all. Jesus, good God. Did you get that? I got the whole thing, right? I got a different translation. I think I got the passion. Let me look. I kind of figured I did. Um, let me just see this. It's probably the passion. Yeah, it's in the passion. We could read it in King James if you want, but passion just reads better. Let's go in the passion. That was my bad. It says, I am heart sick and heartbroken by it all. Jesus is man. He's awesome, ain't he? Um, their contempt has crushed my soul. I look for sympathy and compassion, but I found only empty stairs. Isn't that true sometimes? Like you're trying to get compassion from somebody. You're trying to get sympathy from someone. And that's not bad. Like I'm not talk about walking around like a victim, but you ever just been like, man, this is, this is tough, man. Holding on to my confession is tough. You know, thinking outside of this is tough. It's hard sometimes. Man, sometimes it's hard to come by compassion and mercy and sympathy. Jesus said, look, I went through it, man. I know what you're going through. He was talking about, this was talking about his, this whole thing is talking about, I was hungry, you gave me bitter food. He's talking about how they looked at him and went through the crucifixion, man. He's like, nobody helped me. Nobody came to help me. Nobody came to rescue me. And the ones that didn't say something, they could have said something. And the ones that did said the wrong thing. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been at that spot? Man, Where have you ever been at that place where, that is a good thought, man. That was a really strong thought. That the people that could have said something when you were going through didn't. And the ones that did said the wrong thing. Man, like you could have said something, but you didn't. You said something, but you said the wrong thing because that hurt more than saying nothing. You ever been just like so like, man, I wish somebody understood what I'm going. He said, I got you, man. I know exactly what you're going through because that's I'm the guy that wrote Psalm 6920 and I know what they were looking at me like, so I'm here for you, to give you that. Now, that doesn't mean sympathy is just like he comes in here and just you know drives your tears and then says, hey, stay there. He drives your tears, then he tells you the next step. That's why, that's why this series is so important that we could achieve this goal because you've got to understand There's an in, an intercessor, a counselor, an advocate, a comforter. It's big, man. You know? There's an area of this comforter where we call him to come in and help and bring aid. He's closer than you think, man. He's living in you. No, you're not. Your body's a temple of the living God. Look at this. Um, I think this can help you if you really look at this. I really like um, I like the idea of seeing this comforter about I, I like First Corinthians two First Corinthians two, nine and 10. Let's just look at First Corinthians 2 nine and 10. King James is great. But as it is written, but as it is written, eye has not seen, nor is ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love him, but God revealed them unto us by his spirit. I think that scripture right there is so strong, but God hath revealed them to us by his spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. This is big, right? This scripture right here. He's not. Trying to get us. To see. That we're. We're not smart enough to get it. He's just saying. Try not to neglect how good this plan is for your life and realize that I brought you help on every level to help you get there. One of the things you see with this, Isaiah kind of said the same thing in Isaiah 64.4. Isaiah 64.4 is literally, honestly, let me show you this. Is a real is really the re re-quo- the quoting of First Corinthians was the Isaiah sixty four four, I it, it, I has not seen nor ears heard neither in the heart of man. The, Isaiah was basically perpl- explaining the perplexed problem of man's inability to know what God has planned for him. At that time, this was before the Holy Spirit came to indwell the hearts of the people of the New Testament. So it was difficult and often impossible for them to fully discern the things that God wanted for his children. Okay? From since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by ear, neither have the eyes seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waited for him. Doesn't that make sense? Sounds just like it. But we've been given the Holy Ghost and in New Testament... And this is what he's saying. He was trying to get us to reveal. Isaiah did not have the revealed revelation from the Holy Spirit. But the first Corinthians quotation from, I believe, Paul was this, was the understanding that you do know because you have him. Okay. This is, I love this, right? So the word prepared is very, very important in the Greek, which carries the idea of a readiness or something that has been fully prepared, meaning this. The use of this word in this verse alerts us to the fact that God has a divine plan for each of our lives and is ready to reveal it, okay? Isn't that cool? So that's what he's saying when you see that one there. He's saying, no, 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 you know this plan, and if you don't know the plan, it's okay. I gave you the guy that's gonna fulfill the plan. He's living in you. That's why you gotta lean on him, Okay? So, this is cool. This is so good. God's plan for us is not some kind of like, you know, accident, uh, last minute detail. Before you were formed and fashioned in your mother's womb, He got a plan for your life. God's the master planner. Isn't that good? That's what I'm saying. There's no, so, that we, so he, the Holy Spirit eradicates the excuse and the ignorance for not knowing the will of God. Because the New Testament church has been given access to every single declaration that God has given. So, this is big. You have to take that into, into, into context, guys. It's very important. This is where people use it wrongly, right? What do they say? Oh, you don't know. You do know. You got him. You know all things because Christ is in you. That's a big thing. Now, I love this. Um, the Holy Spirit is the, I call him the divine revealer of truth or the great revealer. That is so good. Okay? He's in you, living, moving, and having his being. So you don't have to worry about all that stuff. The comforter is in. And he's helping you, lead you, and guide you. So there's a level of this thing that's big. He, te- he said he's going to teach you everything he knows. The Holy Spirit has come to teach us everything we need to know. And if we'll listen to him, as just like the disciples listened to Jesus, the ones that did, they had great results as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and allow him to do what he was sent to do in our lives, he will coach us as Jesus coached his disciples. One of the things I like to call him, I like to call him the divine coach. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He is the divine mentor. He is the divine spiritual coach. He is the divine like, like, he is the divine makeover for life. I love that. Okay? He teaches you... He teaches you just like a coach does. He teaches, he advises, he corrects, he instructs, he trains, he tutors, he guides, he directs, he prepares you for the upcoming assignments of life. And echo, so he, what does a coach do? He teaches, he advises, he corrects, he corrects through instruction. Now, there is a difference. This is This is a really good way to look at this. See, I don't buy all that condemnation business because I don't get in. I don't buy that. Everybody says he's a he he he, um, convicts you. I don't like it, and I I don't. I don't like. I don't like the mo of it because I think you. He comes across like now he's the divine corrector. He is not. He is not. Now let me explain. Correction through instruction is different. And I, 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 maybe it's me, and that's fine. If you want to think he's a convictor, go for it. I don't want to think of him as a convictor, not because I'm scared of conviction, but I think he gives him the wrong personality trait. Why do I want to go to somebody that's convicting me? I come into presence, he's there. No, he corrects you through instruction. Now watch what I mean. If you're off in life, and I see it, and you're close to me, I am going to correct you through proper instruction. I'm not going to correct you through conviction. That'd be like me going, well, I'm not happy with you. What the heck is that? Who wants to, that's like being a jerk. I don't want to come in the presence of somebody like that. Correct me through instruction. Hey, okay, hey dude, you did it, you didn't do it right. Here's how we do it right. Man, I'll flourish in an environment like that. Wouldn't you? Hey man, you're late. You don't need to be late. We're not gonna sit here and like, give you the scowl for nine hours. No, we're gonna say, hey guy, Here's why excellence looks like, I would do this, right? Say you're late or say you get in trouble. I would be like, hey, excellence isn't late, right? Here's why we show up to be on time. Here's what we understand this thing being. This I mean, Everybody goes, oh, okay, I get it. Or, hey, you did it wrong. We understand you gave it your best, okay? But correction through instruction. That's not how we said we're going to do it. And shocked. Nobody wants to be dealing with some goober, right? Right? Trains, tutors, guides, directs. Prepares you for the upcoming assignments of life. Right? A coach kind of develops your confidence and pushes you forward. He's a coach. But here's the thing he can't hit the ball for you. He can't throw the pass for you. He can't shoot the shot for you. He can't do it. He can coach you to be prepared for the moment, but under the moment, you have to produce. So that's what the same thing is with the Holy Spirit. He's the coach. He got you there. Now you got to hit the fence. Come on. Okay? He'll he'll show you what to do, but we have to take time to allow the Holy Spirit's influence to to basically um, access every area of our life if he's going to be your heavenly coach we must learn to accept his leadership and be able to yield and concede to his divine guidance with no objections and that's a big one you can't argue with the coach hey run oh my god remember like just in the natural a coach stinks run why do we got to run run why do we got to run run why do we just shut up about why we got to run just run 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 run, run run and when you thought you ran you're going to run some more. Why? I mean Lucas starts football practice, right? These kids they they just they they're they're not to be gross, but they're throwing up all over the place. They're doing all this stuff. They are shocking their body to build to build endurance for the season. In the middle of summer, it's like why are we doing this? Cuz we're going to need stamina in the fall. So we're preparing for this you can't argue with the coach. He knows the future. You don't. A great coach knows what you – like, look at the guys that are, like, just great coaches. They do not expect nothing less. Like, I've seen, like, you know, maybe, like, like say, Nick Saban or Belichick. These guys don't put up with nothing. These guys are excellent. Like, you got to do it the way they say do it. Or it ain't happening, man. And you might not be a sports person, but you might say, well, I don't understand what you mean by sports. How about business? Fine-tuned businesses do not allow you to contaminate their organization with your, you know, spastic abilities. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just free-spirited. They're like, take your free spirit and control it and make sure it shows up when it needs to show up and do what you need to do. Because this is policy and procedure and we ain't got no free spirit around here. We just get it done. So coaching, you know, I like that. No objections. These concepts must be what? Achieved. If you're going to be open, if you're going to be open um, to this ministry, he's going to do everything Jesus did for the disciples for you. He's going to coach you. He's going to teach you. He's going to help you. So open up your heart to this coaching, man. It's It's huge. I love this part. The helper. He's helping in every area. He's helping in the area of prayer. He's helping in the area of next time. Next week, we're going to talk about the counselor. You know, okay. So the amplified Bible translation of the intercessor is this. Then we see the amplified translation meaning this. Intercessor. What does this mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is called alongside us to intercede on our behalf. And you, remember we found that all through the Bible? Romans 8, 26. You want to look there? That could help. I know we've been here for a while, but it's good to read it. Likewise, the Spirit helps us with our infirmities. I like that one, right? Paul tells us that we don't know how to pray. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us with our infirmities for we know not how we should pray. Or how You use this terminology like ought and not. Notice that. Hey, we don't know how to pray, and the Holy Spirit helps us. That's what you need to know. The Holy Spirit makes intercessions for us. That means He stands in the gap for us when we are ignorant concerning what to pray for. How does He st- How does He do this? Well, you, you got you. You know what I mean? Well, how does He do it? He does this by praying through us. This is why praying in the Spirit is so vital and the life of the believer. There are so many times we do not know what to pray or even how to pray. That is when the Holy Spirit is available to pray through us and for us. All we have to do is yield to him, pray in other tongues, right? That's what, that's what Zechariah 12.10, Zachariah look at Zechariah 12.10. Not a lot of people have ever seen this scripture. Zechariah 12 and 10, he is called the, the spirit of grace and supplication. You ever see this before? Zechariah 12, 10. I find these things for you guys. This is so good, ain't it? And look at this. When he, when he gets it, you're gonna love it. Zechariah 12 and 10 is strong because this thing taught, you know that that's what he calls the spirit of God, grace and supplication, the Holy Spirit? It's powerful. It says, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the, I will pour out his spirit, as we would say, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplications and they shall look upon me how they, who they have pierced and shall mourn for me. And they shall mourn. What do they call the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? The spirit of grace and supplication. The spirit of prayer. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The spirit of grace and supplication. The spirit of prayer. Listen, praying in the Holy Spirit is one of the most important weapons that we have. Many people miss this. But what? Because they, they didn't know. Just don't know how important it is and you'll miss it. Look at Ephesians 6.18. There's there's different kinds of prayer. Brother, I remember, oh my God, I remember Brother Hagan We used to go to prayer, prayer, Winter Bible Seminar. He used, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching therein too with all perseverance and supplication for all sins. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. And that's when he said, you don't use baseball rules for football. There's rules of praying, right? So here's what I'm saying. There's all kinds of prayer and supplication, praying in every uh, praying in every season. You see, the Holy Spirit is meant to assist us in our prayer life most of all and certainly includes praying in other tongues. Without him, I can't even do it. He wants to use our mouth to intercede for the things we need in life and for people. This is why he is called the intercessor. You see it? Now, you might say, I'm not filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, we got to get everybody filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll have Holy Ghost Week. We're going to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be awesome. We'll pick a week right at, maybe the last week of this, if you're not filled and we're going to get everybody filled, it's going to be a great time. But here's what I want you to do. You need to start activating what you know. Okay? So take take this couple weeks series. We've been talking, to- well, a couple weeks, man. We've been on this for a minute, right? Take this couple weeks series and go, hey, Am I allowing the intercessor to pray through me? How about this? So this is your, this is your spiritual thing. The, uh, the next time you go into prayer, okay? The next time you go read the Bible, two seconds. Hey, Holy Spirit, help me see what you want me to see. Because he's the one who knows what you need to see. When you go to pray, hey, Holy Spirit, help me pray the prayers I need to pray. Hey, Holy Spirit, Help me pray in tongues. Invite him in. And the moment you do, your life's going to change. That's how it works. He's waiting for you. He's a gentleman, though. He ain't forcing his way in. You're going to have to let him come on in and change your world. Amen? I promise you that's how you do it. Take these truths, build them up, keep going. This is not a race. This is a marathon of life. Each and every day, you get a little better with them. It's a relationship that you will carry all the way into eternity. But do not neglect this relationship. You ever have a relationship, kind of go dormant for a season? Friend, buddy, a pal, colleague, coworker, maybe a um, high school friend or something like that. I got a couple of friends. You know, I, I got a buddy of mine, been a buddy of mine for a long, long time. We went to high school together. We'll let months go by. You know what? But then we pick it up again, man. It never leaves my life, that relationship, but it has to be almost thought upon to be kind of like moving. Then there's other people I have relationship every single day. It's easier to maintain those daily relationships because it's constantly in the forefront of my mind. You see them, you're around them, you're here. Some of the things, you know, we say absent from the body is present from the Lord, right? How about this one? Out at, of at, at sight, out of mind. Some things that are not in sight are out of mind. And because they're out of mind, they're out of your sight. So when that happens, what do you do? You have to make sure you put things in your forefront. So allow the Holy Spirit to become a priority. Yeah, I like Benny Hinn, right? Maybe you'll, Benny's a great guy. He, he wrote, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. That's what he did every morning. I read it a long time ago, but I wanted to read it. It was very interesting read. It's a great read. You should read it. He said, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Like, I'd be like, hey, good morning, you know, like to you or your spouse or your kids. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Right? I was going to see my kids. Love you. What's going on? My wife. Good morning, babe. How you doing? Right? I interact with her. What's your life going to look like when you get up tomorrow morning and go, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do we got on the agenda today? I'm telling you, man, your life, he talks to you. But if you don't, if you don't interact, hey, if I don't talk to you, you, if I don't pick up the phone and call you or I don't go talk to you or I don't go out of my way, we're not going to have a relationship today. But if you get up every day and go, good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's start, let's start, let's start. You know, we did this series one time. I called, it was called, uh, we did the loving God and loving others kind of series. And that's what I told people. I said, before you get out of bed, you, you before your feet hit the ground, say, God, today, I'm going to love me. I'm going to love others. I'm going to go love people today. What's your life going to look like when you say, hey, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, help me, and I'm going to go love people today. Your life's going to take on a whole new meaning, man get conscious of the Holy Spirit living in you. He's not in a cloud. He's not in heaven. He's in you living and moving and having his being. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord. You're moving supernaturally in their life. You're changing their life. You're transforming their life. The Holy Spirit is living, moving, and guiding them in every single season, in every single area. I thank you, Lord, for the change and transformation that's taking place because of the relationship with you. And Father, good morning, Holy Spirit. Hello, Holy Spirit. Good afternoon, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your will, have your way. I'm here today to hear you and be led by you. We're gonna become God conscious, and when we do, He is going to become so real to us, we're never going to be able to doubt it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. Hey, listen, guys, I love you. I'm going to see you Sunday, 9 and 1030. We're going to be live in the house. We're going to be online. Be ready and get ready. Don't forget, download the app. We are in May. Oh, my God. Can you believe how fast time is flying? We're almost done with May. Before you know it, it's going to be June, July. We're going to have a conference. Don't forget, we have IMA this year. It's going to be powerful, man. Elevate. They're coming from everywhere. You better be in this house. It's going to be life-changing. And don't forget, download the app. Stay updated. Stay connected. I love you, and I'll see you Sunday. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at RelevantFL.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.